King is a pretty well-respected guy in NFL media circles. And this week, he ranked the Indianapolis Colts 21st in the NFL. And Colts fans were a little bit salty about it. We'll talk about whether that's good news for the Colts or not. We'll also talk about Steve Kerr, who kind of decided not to talk about basketball last night, ignored the edict, shut up and dribble, and he talked about the school massacre yesterday in Texas. And I dig it. Whether you agree with the message or not, I like people speaking their minds. I think we're better when people speak their minds, and not just that people speak their minds, but that we listen to it, whether we agree with it or not, that we listen a little bit and, and allow for other people to have opinions and, and that maybe we become a little bit wiser in the process. Uh, Evansville's got a new basketball coach, and he's a local guy, and that's a good thing. I like it when teams and programs stay local. This is Breakfast with Kent for Wednesday, May 25th, 2022. We're brought to you by the great people at Johnson's Plumbing. People making the phone ring at Johnson's Plumbing, and it makes me proud because, you know what? If you've got a plumbing problem, they got a plumbing solution, and you're going to love working with the people at Johnson's Plumbing. Give them a call, 765-610-8809. Smash the subscribe button. Ring the bell. Let's go. Uh, you know what? If you got a question, donate. It pops right up in a special graphic that I see immediately, and I'll respond to it. Love that. Let's talk about the Colts, and let's talk about Peter King. And uh, Peter King, like I said, Monday morning quarterback, he's got that column, and it's wonderful. It's very well informed. And Peter King ranks the Indianapolis Colts 21st in the NFL, immediately behind the Detroit Lions. Wow. The good news in all of this is last year, at this time, he ranked the Cincinnati Bengals number 27 in the NFL. Thank you very much, Neil. I appreciate that. Thanks for the donation. 27. The Bengals obviously went on to the Super Bowl. The Bills are really, really good. Peter King reflects that in his rankings, and the statistics would bear that out. There's some good statistics for the Colts. There's some bad statistics for the Colts. The more I dig into the specifics of the Colts' uh, statistics, the more I think that somehow or another, the Colts are trying to outsmart the league, are trying to moneyball the league in certain statistical areas, and I don't think you can do that in the NFL. I don't think you can succeed in the NFL because you rise to a certain level statistically in certain areas while ignoring others. I think that football is a game of aggression. And if you win the battle of aggression, more often than not, you're going to win the battle on the field. You're going to the scoreboard is going to tell you that you are the better team. That is aggression. And it's really hard to quantify, but in areas that do quantify it, I don't think the Colts look very good. There are ways to look at the Colts, and Peter King has done this, where you say, okay, this is a mediocre football team. You look at Matt Ryan and what he did with the Falcons the last few years, and specifically last year, he wasn't very good. You dig a little bit deeper into it, and you say, okay, Matt Ryan, yeah, 7.1 yards per attempt. But Calvin Ridley decided not to play football after five games last year, and Julio Jones was gone. It took some time for Matt Ryan and Kyle Pitts to kind of get together. Kyle Pitts, one of the most dynamic tight ends in the NFL. Matt Ryan has made a lot of tight ends 
over his career look really, really dynamic. So this is a, and they relied on the run a lot more with Cordero Patterson. So the Falcons last year, this was an anomaly. And I don't think it had a lot to do with Matt Ryan. If you look statistically, you say, okay, Matt Ryan, the bloom's off the rose. He's 37 years old. He turned 37 last week. And he has started that recession toward mediocrity. The Colts beg to differ. They think that Matt Ryan still has a lot of really, really good football ahead of him. Um, the Colts' defense, here's where it gets a little bit murky. The defense, with which Peter King says is good enough to keep the Colts in games, in some ways, yes, but in this way, no. They were th- last in uh, quarterback hurries. Thank you, Wade. Uh, well, you know what? Wings, etc. in Plainfield. I'd love to come out and do the show from there. Um, they were last in quarterback hurries, 31st in quarterback pressure percentage, 26th in sacks, and 25th in red zone touchdown percentage. It, you, that's aggression. And, and I know I'm arguing against research or reverse engineering statistics in order to provide victory, right? But if you're not getting to the quarterback, if you're not making a quarterback uncomfortable, you are not going to win the battle, especially in the red zone. If you allow quarterbacks just to sit back three, four seconds, find the, watch the primary receiver, watch a secondary receiver, and maybe settle on the third round because you're giving him way too much time to process, you got a problem with your defense. And that's where the Indianapolis Colts were under Matt Eberflus. They didn't blitz a lot, and that doesn't really matter. If you can create pressure with four, create pressure with four. But if you can't create pressure with four, you got a real problem. And the Colts last year, they could not create pressure with four. The Colts' offense last year, number two in rushing yards because Jonathan Taylor is a superlative running back. They were number 26 in passing yards. That is not going to a, uh, hey, I'll do that, Wade. Hey, if you go to the Wings at Central in Plainfield, look for Wade, tip him big. Let's go. Uh, that So passing yards are really, really important. This is how you move the football in the NFL. Last year, the Colts couldn't do that. It, it wasn't that Jonathan Taylor was so good that the Colts needed to feed him and feed him and feed him. It's that Carson Wentz and the receiving core were so mediocre, that was the only way to move the football. What you would like... Look, Jonathan Taylor led the NFL in rushing yards by more than 550 yards. More than 550 yards. 550 yards is not a bad year for some running backs. That's how much better Jonathan Taylor was against the rest of the league. 1,811 yards, 20 touchdowns, unbelievable, 18 rushing touchdowns. That's only happened 15 times in the history of the NFL, the 18 rushing touchdowns. The 1,800 yards, 1,800 plus yards, that's only happened 23 times in NFL history. And it doesn't happen very much anymore because the rules favor throwing the football. That's where the NFL is. You look at the Bengals. The Bengals have spent a lot of draft capital taking guys who are dynamic. And Joe Burrow, number one, right? Uh, you, <clears throat> you've got others 
on that team, whether it's T. Higgins taking 33rd, one pick before Michael Pittman, right? Jamar Chase, I think, taken fifth overall. The Bengals have invested in the ability to be dynamic in their offense through the air. The Colts, they keep trying to cobble it together. They got three guys that are second-round picks. Their top three wide receivers, if Paris Campbell is healthy. See, so you got Campbell, you got Pittman, and you've got Pierce. Those three guys, all second-rounders. Matt Ryan, they traded the third-round pick for. Carson Wentz, they traded one and a three. Right, Jacoby Brissett, they traded. Philip Dorsett for. Andrew Luck, they took number one. But Andrew Luck, as we all are very well aware, retired prior to the 2019 season. Can Gus Bradley, with Yannick Noah, Stephon Gilmore, Rodney McLeod, hopefully the emergence of Quiddy Pay and Dio Odangbo, can they lift the Colts' defense into the top 20 in yards per play against? They were 25th last year. And, like I mentioned, that red zone defense, 25th in red zone defensive touchdown percentage. You can't have that. Peter King, looking at this team through that prism, 21st, you know what? You can absolutely make that case. You think the Colts are a top 10 team in the NFL? You are not looking at this thing. And we do it every year, right? We're like, oh, there's an 11-win team. There's a 12-win team. My God, they had Phillip Rivers. He couldn't break a plane of glass with a football, and they went 11-5. and five. Of course, Carson Wentz is going to be able to go at least 11-6, and six, if not 12-5. and five. It's preposterous. Now, Wentz winds up being mediocre. They bring in Matt Ryan, and we say the same thing. Oh, my God. You know, the upgrade at quarterback between Wentz and Ryan is substantial. And, and so, of course, the Colts, with the schedule that they've got, now I say this too, I'm not blaming you, with the schedule they've got, holy cow, this is a team that's got to go 12-5 and five and win the AFC South in a walk. The Titans have taken a step backwards. They've gone in reverse with A.J. Brown leaving, making that deal, sending A.J. Brown out. Who are they going to replace him with? Well, you know what? They got a little bit aggressive in the draft. Took the kid out of Arkansas, number 18. Then you take Kyle Phillips in the fifth round. And Kyle Phillips is a guy who's going to be a major pain in the ass for the Colts. And they traded with the Rams for Robert Woods. Robert Woods recovering from his torn ACL. If that recovery is as quick and complete as it looks like it's going to be, or at least as Robert Woods says it's going to be, that are they better in the aggregate? With those three guys over what they had with A.J. Brown and Julio Jones, who only played for, what, 10 games, 9 games, whatever. You know what? Maybe. That could be. The Colts could have trouble. The Colts could also, if everybody stays healthy, really have taken a step up in class with Ngakwe and Gilmore and McLeod coming over, pay getting better. Uh, Buckner, Stewart, uh, I mean, they return a lot of good stuff on the defensive side of the ball, but they got to get better. And that offense, you have got to peel away 400 yards from Jonathan Taylor, at least in the run game. You want to use him like Marshall Falk and get him very, very involved in the passing game and continue to feed him so he winds up with 1,200 yards rushing? Absolutely do that. Naheem Hines is a guy who could wind up with 500, 600 yards catching the football. Pittman. 
another 1,100-yard season? Sure. Jelani Woods, a guy who could really kind of break out as a rookie, maybe, not going to be Kyle Pitts, but maybe in that direction. Kyle Pitts was a guy, he was, uh, he was kind of what Michael Pittman was here. The Falcons had Russell Gage, too. But Kyle Pitts was that port in a storm for Matt Ryan. Maybe Michael Pittman is going to be that. Maybe he gets some help. Maybe Alec Pierce and Ryan form some kind of alliance. Jelani Woods as well. Maybe Moali Cox, now that Carson Wentz is gone, is all of a sudden catching the ball rather than not. It, the point is, Peter King is not an idiot. And in seeing the Colts at 21st, that's something to take in. That's something to ingest and try to understand why they would be ranked one step beneath the Detroit Lions. Speaking of disagreement, all right, Steve Kerr spoke before the Warriors uh, lost their game last night to the Mavericks and, and uh, uh, spoke passionately about the school massacre yesterday. Uh, about 80 yards west of San Antonio. Absolute tragedy. And whether you agree with Steve Kerr or not, you've got to applaud the passion with which he spoke. You listen. You ingest. You decide what you think, informed by somebody else's opinion. We get so reactive to how we perceive others, and especially in the world of sports where they say something and we're like, ah, they're out of their depth. These people don't know what the hell they're talking about. Why not stick to sports? I want to know what the dubs are going to do against the Mavs, blah, blah, blah. You know what? I applaud a guy like Steve Kerr for stepping up out of a place of, of uh, an informed righteousness uh, speaking his piece. We do that in America. And we allow people to disagree. And we... We love it when people disagree. And, uh, this YouTube channel is a great example of that. We only do sports. And I'm not going to talk about the school massacre or gun control or, you know, HR8 or any of those things. What I talk about is sports. And I try to keep it to sports. I shut up and dribble. That, that's what I enjoy doing. I don't like political dialogue. I just don't. I, those debates are so tiresome to me. Um, but I applaud Steve Kerr for saying what he did. I applaud guys like LeBron James for saying what they say. We need to be informed by those who have lived lives a little bit different from us. Steve Kerr is a guy whose dad was murdered. You know what? Important to be informed by the perspective of a guy with that experience. That's important. So you listen, and if you don't like it, okay, turn the channel. But listen, and, and if you disagree, have a legitimate discussion and conversation about it. You don't have to react with anger and turn against people and end friendships because you have a disagreement on some kind of issue. Gun control, abortion is another that ends friendships. You know what? listen to each other and understand that we all have different perspectives and none is necessarily invalid just because it differs with the one that we have. So be good to each other always. And that's, 
that's one of the things, you know, I had lunch with a friend that I used to work with the other day, and, and he's suffered kind of a career reversal. And I say, here's what you do. You do what you, you have always done, and he's always done this. Elevate the needs of others over your own. You know, assess the needs of others. Provide what you can for them. And, and don't think that it's just about the guy in the mirror, because it's not. If we can somehow become more activated into the lives of others and more invested in, in their well-being rather than just trying to stuff our pockets with cash, you know what? Life is so much better for everyone. And, and so when at the end of these breakfasts with Kent, at, at the end of birthdays, when I say, you know what, lift each other up, um, you know, celebrate each other with an honest and specific compliment, I mean it. It makes people feel good. And if you have the power to lift somebody else's day, and then they move on and lift somebody else's day, and all of a sudden we're, we're thinking about not how pissed off we are at life circumstances, but that we are celebrating others and lifting their life circumstances, all of a sudden this stuff gets easy, right? That, that's what this is all about. And, and so Steve Kerr sang his piece last night. I got nothing but love for him. Let's celebrate some birthdays, shall we? Mark Allen, Rob Newcomer, Dave Barrett, happy birthday. Uh, always enjoyed working with David Barrett. Vernon Taylor, happy birthday. Adam Dennery, happy birthday. If today's your birthday, you celebrate like hell. If it's not your birthday, you celebrate somebody else that is best done with an honest and specific compliment. Be nice, Steve. It doesn't cost you anything. All you have to do is pay a little bit of attention. Little bit of attention. And, and tell somebody that you love them a little bit. Isn't that nice? It is nice. Uh, this afternoon, Inside Indiana Sports, and I can't wait to talk to you then.